I'm excited to share that the Press One for Nick podcast is this year's media sponsor at the AMA Ignite Conference. I've been involved for four years already, and this conference is awesome because it focuses on customer experience from a marketing lens. I enjoy the speakers every year, and I always meet other like-minded professionals. The AMA Ignite Conference is taking place in person in Cincinnati on Friday, September 23rd, and the theme this year is the experience equation, customer experience plus Employee experience equals the total experience. If you're interested, the Press One for Nick listeners can get an additional 10% discount on the AMA Ignite Conference by using the promo code Press One for Nick when you register. To learn more and register, go to igniteama.com. That's igniteama.com. This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is David Hutchins. He is the author of a book called Story Dash, Find, Develop, and Activate Your Most Valuable Business Stories in Just a Few Hours. He's also the CEO at The Storytelling Leader. He helps leaders in the world's most influential organizations to create engagement and belief by telling stories. David, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Right on, Nick. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. So one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is what's one thing people might not know about you? Okay. Uh, So here's where I reveal my secrets, right? Here's one. I actually began my career in advertising. So my, my work today is organizational learning and culture work and organizational change work. But I began in, in advertising as a copywriter. So, you know, I, I left that business because I was spending 60 hours a week writing about hamburgers. I was writing about things I didn't care about. And I, I knew I wanted to write about leadership and innovation. And so I left the ad biz so that I could go into organizational learning. So I'm still an ad guy. Now I just help ideas move through cultures and social systems. Instead of burgers. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy to meet you for a burger or a beer anytime. I still like those. Let's do that. Uh, it sounds like we're equally yoked there. Um, so <laughs> you're still telling the stories. It's not just you you went from where you were on the advertising store, uh, advertising side. It was also about telling stories, but how did you get into that and where did that start and where did that passion come from about storytelling? Uh, it's funny. When we talk about story work, uh, one of the story types, there's thousands of stories we could tell, but one of the types is the origin story or the why I'm here story. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're asking about now. And and I've got a lot of those. So one, one of the things that brought me into story work is during the 90s, uh, early 2000s, I was working with Coca-Cola. Uh, in Atlanta. And they were early in this journey of organizational change for this idea of of becoming a learning organization. You know, Peter Singe's book, The Fifth Discipline, was was a bestseller at the time. And so early in that work, they ran into a challenge, which is nobody at at Coke understood what they were talking about 
when they said, we're going to become a learning organization. And they asked me to help with a communication solution that would invite the system into this conversation. And so I wrote this silly story. It was this crazy story about a flock of sheep uh, that outwits a pack of hungry wolves. And in the process, they become a learning organization. And we can see the characteristics of a, of a learning organization in these sheep. And I had a friend of mine who is a uh, children's book illustrator, create some crazy pictures. And I dropped those into the manuscript and I called it Out Learning the Wolves. And today that 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 story, that book is in 12 different languages. It, it has sold like a quarter million copies that went all over the world. And I was just trying to solve a problem for my client, right? I, I wasn't trying to write a, a hit book. And that was one of the moments where I said, all right, what is it about this approach? Which to be honest, I wonder, wondered if it was going to get me fired by my client at, at Coke. It was so weird, right? But what is it about this approach that has engaged people in this way in all these different cultures? And so that's really what kind of put me in this line of inquiry of what happens when we tell stories in organizations. And so that's the reason why it took off was the quarter million books, which is impressive and congrats on that. But it wasn't just that you wanted to be a learning organization or that Coke wanted to be a learning organization and you wanted to uh, push that information through the organization. But it's it was the story that was told and how it was told to get people to think maybe a little bit different and change their perspective and saying, yeah, I could do that. Or was it yeah. something else? No, it, 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 it absolutely was the story. The story not only made it spread, but also there, there was this engagement piece to it where people, you know, th this body of theory that was dense and incomprehensible now was not only understandable, but attractive. People desired this and said, ooh, we want this. We want this capability. How can we get this? And so there's something about story that creates this different kind of connection and this different kind of movement versus slides and PowerPoint and data, which is how most leaders and organizations communicate. And so my, my career now is looking at what happens when we make this shift from data speak to story speak, which is a more human kind of a connection. Yeah, it's interesting and refreshing at the same time when you hear, instead of data speak, you hear story speak because you're like, yeah, I could get behind that. I don't want to look at slides for the next hour and a half to three hours about all of these bullets and pie graphs. I just want you to tell me a story and, and un help me understand what my role is in that story and get me to be inspired about what you're trying to get across. And so I guess that brings me to my next question is when it comes to stories, how are you helping those organizations? Because that's what you do professionally today is you're helping organizations move, understand and tell that story to help them move through that organization. So how, how do you specifically go through that, those steps to help that organization achieve that goal? Good. Yeah. So, so my job now is to go around the world and help leaders and organizations tell stories. And that can be for, for sales. Uh, it can be for aligning the system to a strategy. Uh, a lot of my work right now is around organizational identity, employee experience, and customer experience, which is a clear place where we should be telling stories. And so I thought I could give your, your listeners maybe some ideas of, as you think about the experiences you're creating in your organization, 
here are some story types that you might start reflecting on. Because that's what I do with my, my teams is we, we come together and we start with the strategic piece, the selection. Which stories should I be telling? And so I have a few ideas for your listeners of stories they have right now that they might not be telling. Got it. Let's go. Okay. Um, what stories should we be telling? So here's here's my first one. Tell us stories that have people in them. Put you, put yourselves in the stories. And maybe that sounds obvious, like an obvious place to begin. But Nick, you, you would be surprised how often that's not happening. How many groups are not telling stories that have that let us see the team, let us see the people. Uh, one of the groups I'm working with is NASA, uh, their climate science division. And it's super, super smart people. Like they have double PhDs, you know, and they're, they're brilliant at the science, but they're, they will confess that they're not good at engaging people in these stories in, in climate science. They have some of the most important stories in the world to be telling. Uh, there's this one, a uh, young scientist I was working with. And uh, he, he showed me his presentation because he was about to go to Congress and ask for, for budget. You know, NASA is a, a government organization. They have to ask for the money. And he was showing me the presentation with all these scatter plot graphs. And the more he showed me, like the dumber I felt because I didn't understand any of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't understand this, our congressmen aren't going <laughs> to, I mean, come on. Uh, and so as he was showing me all this and he was wanting my feedback, finally I said to him, it, and this is the question I ask science people sometimes, I'm almost embarrassed to ask it, but, uh, but I said to him, so as you were doing this research, what, what was the part that was cool? It's my cool question. What's the part that was cool? <laughs> and he goes, well, I mean, what do you mean cool? I, I'm, I'm following a scientific process, right? It's it's mm -hmm. it's a methodology. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But what was there any part where you were geeking out because you were so into this? And he said, well, actually, yeah. Um, he said, so we're, we're studying this gas in the atmosphere. And it's hard to measure because it evaporates really fast. And so I, I had to, to charter a private plane. And so I'm up in this little two-seater plane, you know, with my spectrometer pointing down and we're trying to get over the gas cloud and I have a, you know, a, a mask on because there's no oxygen up there. And the cool part was my team is on the ground in a Jeep. They're trying to get under the gas clouds and I'm getting over it and we're, we're coordinating over radio and they're zooming across these oil fields in Texas in a Jeep trying to, to get the measurements. And he said, because of our coordination, my team got the most accurate measurements of this gas that any team's ever gotten. Mm. And then he paused and he looked at me like, well, like he was surprised at what had just come out of him. And he goes, should I put that in the presentation? <laughs> and you said, you think? <laughs> you think that's exact, that's actually my exact quote. You think? <laughs> and, and, and so that's the shift that we're looking for. And it's not just science leaders, it's leaders of all kind are showing up with, with, these, with these slides, with this data. And when we tell stories that, that show us you, show us why you believe, why you're, exci why you're excited, that belief is socially transferable. Now, now I'm excited about methane measurement in the atmosphere. I wasn't before, now I'm kind of into it, right? Because he told me this story. So 
so scientists for don't want to put themselves in the story. A lot of leaders don't want to put themselves in the story, but we don't form connections with data. We form connections with other people. Let us see you. So that's my first story. For so I like that first story in it's, it's, I think it's two parts. It's, I want to put David into that story. I want to put that NASA scientist into the story and I want to geek out about something, but share my emotion. But I think that is the key right there is what type of, it's also, how are you thinking, feeling, what are your senses that you're going through on that journey to maybe show a little bit more about your personality and then the the impact, then you can share the impact and the data if you want in the future, but it makes it seem that you should be focusing on the storytelling and getting people to know who you are first. Is that right? That, that's exactly right. That you know, the, this topic of emotion always comes up in this work, and I work with a lot of European organizations where the the conversation about emotion and leadership is even a little trickier. You know, because they're at least traditionally with European leaders, there's more of this wall between who I am at work and who I am at home, and, and that's yeah. changing even in Europe. So yeah, it, it's it, it's the emotional piece. And I didn't coach this scientist how to perform or how to emote. I just asked him to talk about something he cared about. And he and he was surprised at what came out. And, and in this work, I always tell people that I, I'm, I don't do coaching on public speaking skills. I'm not a presentation coach. It's, it's taking this capability of storytelling that already lives in your brain. You're already thinking this way. When, when you have dinner or drinks with your partner or with your friends tonight, you're naturally going to tell stories. No one has to tell you to do this. So it's about yeah. taking this natural capability that you already have and just being more mindful about connecting it to the work that we care about. And so you're saying that a lot of organizations, a lot of leaders don't take that time and they're saying, going back to the data, I'm so focused on the data. I know that this is concrete. This is black and white. This is a hard number. And um, how do you get them to open up and not be maybe so fearful that, well, what happens if somebody doesn't like me about who I am? What happens, right? That's exactly what it is. Tell me more about that. How do you unlock that? It is fear. It's fear okay. because when I tell you a story, it's like I'm I'm opening myself up. I'm revealing more of who I am to you. It's, yeah, it's vulnerability. It, it, it's scary, right? Uh, how do I get leaders to make that shift? Honestly, just to experience it. You know what what the NASA scientist experienced afterwards. He he said, "Wow." I mean, like when he told the story. Like he felt something happening in his body. He felt emotions and he knew it was powerful. And he also knew that it was scary. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And, and so that's the journey is if we want this engagement, then we, we need to give a little bit more of ourselves. It is scary, especially if we're not used to doing it, but the payoff is tremendous. And it's interesting to me that somebody who is an expert in their field, they already know what what they believe in they already have the expertise in it or else they wouldn't be in the role that they're at so uh, what is interesting is somebody who has a double phd per se they're coming in and they've they've been told all of the science and they haven't actually been going through the art of that journey and saying hey at wherever they got their degree from or wherever they studied at they probably didn't talk through the storytelling of that journey 
uh, and in academia, right? They they started saying this is what you should be focusing on. This is the advanced classes you should be taking, right. but storytelling wasn't part of that. And I think that's a huge miss in the world right now is is that gap between what they know and their truth and all of their study that they've been told to do and and focus on instead of just saying in addition to that let's bolt on the storytelling and it's going to blossom your career because now you have the confidence of your expertise and you're able to show that and express that in the right way right yeah especially with data people science scientists and you know technology people and engineering people there there's there's this belief that data and, and story are are somehow opposite things and incompatible things and and they're not at all i mean story is data and organizational systems are emotional systems because they're made up of human beings and when my nasa scientist goes to congress and asks for money if the congressman says no it's not going to be because of data reasons it's going to be because of some kind of you know human emotion going on and so we need to bring this human element into the work that we're doing and story is the language that allows us to do that so so story is data it's just data with you know a a human soul to it, right? And so I didn't prep you with this one, but how does storytelling increase the trust of that individual to either that other individual or the organization or to Congress? Is there a trust of, man, I now know, like, and believe this person and I want to get behind this person. And for that, I'm going to, I'm going to, give them budget or i'm going to back them or i'm going to be the champion internally there, so there is neuroscience behind this and in the trust that is generated when we tell stories and when i was when i was telling the this nasa scientist story if you liked it if you were into it and kind of feeling it as i was saying it kind of like i was when i was hearing it from the, the main guy the, the neuroscience says that there's something happening in our brains that's really powerful that mm that as the scientist was telling his story, if we took a, a scan of his brain, we would see more parts of his brain lit up, like his brain's really active when he's telling a story. And, and here's the interesting part. If we scan my brain listening to his story or your brain listening to the story, we see the listener's brain is lit up in a pattern nearly identical to the teller's. So it's like your brain changes shape to become like the teller's brain. We're, we're joined in this powerful connection called neural coupling. That's the theory behind this, neural coupling. And like, it, remember the old days when you used to go to the movie theater? If anybody still does that. Um, like if you ever got so into the Avengers, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the walls of the theater would disappear and you'd, you'd stop noticing the audience. It's almost like you've entered the movie at some level. That's neural coupling. Interesting. Stor story is unique in its ability to create this powerful neural coupling connection. Data doesn't create this. Slides will never create this neural coupling between brains. Story with emotional content creates this. And it's really powerful and, and really all the work I do is built on that simple idea. We want that moment of connection brought into more parts of our leadership because we can do something with that. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, 
How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, it's impactful. And you mentioned the movie theater and if it's an action, specifically an action uh, movie, you'll see people and, and myself included, if you think of like even Top Gun, right there, you're in the cockpit with them in Top Gun and you're, you're leaning into the, com- you're leaning into the, Feeling. the, the turn yeah. and you're going up and down and you're flexing when somebody is coming out Omura. And, and so that is interesting that, that that plays a role in and what that person's feeling, even though it's on a screen, you are feeling it at the same time. And leaders can create that exact same experience, especially if we're trying to create a, a consistent, intentional experience for employees and for customers. Storytelling might be your fastest, most human technology for doing that, for exactly the reason that you just said. That's great. So you you mentioned you had a couple of stories. You told told the one uh, with NASA. What other one you got uh, to help okay. spread through the organization? Okay. So the first one is show us you, uh, you know, put people in it. Uh, yeah. Then uh, tell the stories of us at our best, us at our best storytelling. And so the idea here is, you know, organizations are they're all dysfunctional because they all have people in them. So there's messed up stuff in my company. I know that. It, that's that's a given. And, and the stories of us at our best say, here's what it looks like when we're just doing that thing that we do. And it, these are really powerful stories to tell and bring forward. These are stories that, that actually develop the organization simply by telling them. One group that I work with is one of the biggest technology consulting firms in the world. And uh, I was with one of their offices in Bangalore, India. And here's a story that came up a couple times in two different scenarios. Two different people told me the story. So this is one of those cultural stories that says something. This is a story. I I, I like this. So I I put it in in a, a resource that I've developed called the Leadership Story Deck. For those of you who have video, I'm holding this up. Uh, It's a deck of cards with dozens of ideas of stories you could be telling to build the culture, to amplify your leadership, to engage people with your offerings. And so this one's in the story deck, and it's called the the Eureka Process Story. It's also an us at our best story. So, So Listen to to how the leaders tell this story. I'm going to read this one off of the card that's in the story deck. So so here in this consulting firm, um, we were serving a a $3 billion customer who was a utility company where we needed to monitor the location of every electrical transformer in the region. And this was nearly impossible because in this rural part of the world, that data didn't exist. I mean, we we were amazed no one had it. And the idea of driving around India to find every utility pole was a nightmare, like like looking for needles in a country-sized haystack. And we were stumped. And I remember the team was working late 
right here in this conference room and eating pizza when when Jeanette, one of our junior team members said, you know what, I bet we could create an inventory of all those utility poles just using the basic web browser, Google Street View, and an artificial intelligence engine to count the poles. Well, I nearly dropped my pizza. What a brilliantly simple solution. And so Jeanette created the code, and now we offered this software to other municipalities around the world. It's a great piece of software, but we always say that here at Accenture, um, that I said the name of the company, uh, that that innovation is more than cool software. Innovation is people like Jeanette who think differently to solve big problems. Mm. That's the story. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't always have to be complicated to solve an issue. And sometimes you just need to think outside your perspective and gain other people's pers- uh, ideas and thoughts. And sometimes it's around <laughs> a spaceship and sometimes it's around pizza. I, I like that because you don't have to have a fancy conference to solve problems. You don't have to have, you can just be in the middle of a, of, of another country having pizza, hanging out and gaining other people's perspective and asking questions. Yeah. And, and everyone on the team has stories that would surprise you. And we haven't heard them because we don't create the occasions where people can bring these stories forward. And when we, when they do, it, it's powerful. Um, you know, the, the phone pole at Accenture story, you know, it might be easy to say, well, yeah, that's a great story. You know, if, if we, if my team did cool stuff like that, we could tell those stories too. I actually think it's the other way around. The reason cool stuff like that happens is because they're telling the us at our best stories. When you tell these stories and bring them forward, uh, the theorist David Cooper writer of, you know, of Appreciative Inquiry talks about the heliotropic principle, heliotropism, you know, and in, in biological systems, that's, you know, if the sun moves across the, the sky, a sunflower will move and face the sun over that 12-hour period. That's heliotropism. Organizational systems do this too. Organizational systems move in the direction of the positive stories we continually place in front of them. And so when Accenture tells these stories, when you tell these stories of us at our best, because of that neural coupling thing that happens, if the story works, if we like it, now that story sticks in our bodies. The behaviors in the story stick in our bodies. And then we, th- we start to see those behaviors emerge elsewhere in the organization. It's really powerful. So when it comes to customer service and customer experience, I don't think organizations tell enough stories about the success of the organization for one to the customers, but also the customers back to the organization. And so how can organizations continue to tell those stories either in customer service, at annual retreats, at keynotes, where and to pull that information, wrap it up in a nice bow and say, hey, every week we're going to tell a story. Uh, on uh, in in the newsletter about a customer every week or every other week we're going to tell a story about what we did and to help that customer and continue that journey. What else can companies do to focus on the employee and the customer experience? I love this question because it's what I do for a living is helping companies build this capability and 
And maybe it's as easy as starting with an invitation, asking the team and asking customers for, for the stories. Tell us about a time when you experienced the, our offerings, when you experienced this team, where you experienced our product in a way that really inspired you and what happened. And, and what we know is these conversations tend not to happen spontaneously. They, they happen at the coffee machine and over beer, but they're not ha- they haven't been institutionalized. And what I'm saying is let's institutionalize this. Let's create opportunities for these narrative assets, these, these value holding stories to emerge and come forward so that we can retell them and build the, the, the system and build the brand and build the organization. Yeah, customers typically only provide you feedback when it's really, really awesome or really, really bad. And there's not that middle ground. And so you don't really, but there's still a huge gap of what you could potentially offer if it's a client or a customer and saying, it's great to have the MPS score. It's great to have the customer satisfaction score. One out of 10, how are you doing? Or would you refer us to somebody else? But maybe you encourage them a little bit more if, if it's an incentive or a discount or something by saying that. Tell us time where we've inspired you. Tell us a time yeah. where my customer service rep went above and beyond. Did we or did we not? And how can we improve if, if that's not the case? And so it's a full on journey. And then maybe you're rewarding them without even telling them that you're going to. Here's a $5 gift card to our, our company yeah. for providing us feedback and helping us on this journey of excellence whatever that is. But I I like the idea of asking because most people are not going to step up and think, oh, I need to provide David with a awesome testimonial, even though I like him and I've been a customer for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I I have colleagues who do employee research who who have made a shift to stories. You know, a friend of mine is is working with a a chain of, of, uh, like a sports bar or restaurant that's across the United States. And so what they used to do is they'd bring in customers and say, you know, do you like your buffalo wings fried or, or smoked? And they'd get data on that. And now they're saying, tell us about a time you had a meaningful experience here at our sports bar. And people say, oh, I, I brought my, my bachelor's party here the, the night before I got married, and it was one of the best nights of my life. And let me tell you what we did, right? And, and so you're getting this different kind of human data. We can still ask, do you like your wings fried or not? That's, I guess that's helpful. But, but this, you know, the story of how I engaged with your offerings as a human being is really rich and really powerful. Yeah, I think every organization needs to stop go back and listen to the last minute and a half and pull the information from your customers and your clients because they have that on what's inspired them of what's made your product or service memorable. And just doing that will differentiate you on your experience because then you get to build trust along the way as you're pushing that out to other prospects. If you're pushing that out on your website, if you're telling that story through video consistently finding ways to to get that out to the public so other people are telling you how awesome you are and the product and service that you can provide and the experiences that that were delivered through that and that makes you more trustworthy 
because you're not telling it. Hey, I just want to let you know, David, I have the best product and service. Check out my black leather jacket. Look at all these watches. Which one do you want? And you're like, ah, well, you're just like everybody else. But that storytelling is is a differentiator. Yeah. I mean, if if you've ever gone to the wine store to to buy a bottle of wine, you know, to to bring home for a dinner party, you you know, they have the long, um, you know, the shelves of wine. And some of them, some wine stores like the owners or the staff will put a little index card in front of it and say, you know, let us tell you about this wine. This is actually a local wine that came from a dream of a local entrepreneur who, who we've met. Mm. And, and if you tell the story, the story actually increases the value of the wine. More people will grab that bottle of wine and bring it home. And then when you pour that wine for your guests at dinner, what are you going to tell them? You're going to repeat that story. Oh, let me tell you what this wine is. And, and people will now pay more attention to the, to the taste of the wine because you've told them the story because now they're engaged. And the story will also potentially get repeated again and again because, hey, I was just at this dinner party and they told me a story and you should have really tried this wine. And they're now telling their friends and family or maybe they're posting or writing an article or doing a podcast about it. Because of the story that had been told to them prior. Data doesn't go viral. Stories go viral. I think that should be the title of this podcast episode right there. Uh, Data doesn't go viral. Uh, Storytelling does. So I like that. I'm going to name my next book that. That's cool. There it is. There it is. I like it. Um, So I wrap up every single podcast with two questions. And the first one is, what book or person in customer service or experience has influenced you the most in the past year? So I'll pause there and then ask the second question. One that I've been really kind of moved by, uh, it, it comes from Deloitte, you know, the big consulting firm competitor to Accenture. Uh, their, their digital experience officer wrote a book called Humanizing the Organization. And I think the, the subtitle is something like The Path to Love and Growth. And I'm really interested in that, that this is a dialogue that I'm hearing emerge, this idea of human, humanizing leadership, humanizing the organization. Um, you know, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? And the idea is that as leaders, we're being called to show up in this different way. There's something about this age that's calling us to show up with more of our humanity. And, and Deloitte is even talking about love. That's interesting. Yeah. What does it mean to bring bring love to leadership into the organization? And this the conversation about storytelling dovetails right into that because it is the more human language for creating moments of connection in the organization. So I really enjoyed that book from uh, Deloitte called Humanizing the, I think it's Humanizing the Employee Experience or something mm. like that. Very cool. I'll have to check it out. So the mm. second question that I ask. And the last one is if you could leave a note to all customer service professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? The note says, show me who you are. Show me who you are. This is the conversation they're, they are having at Accenture right now is, you know, they're, they're going into these sales presentations for, you know, half billion dollar contract. And the customer is saying, listen, McKinsey and Deloitte were in here yesterday. They said something similar to what we know you're about to say. What's different about you? What makes you special? What does it feel like to work with you? Show us who you are. 
And my leaders at Accenture are, are learning how to answer that question. They were confused by that question. What does that mean? We, we've always sold solutions. And now what is this language of show you who we are? And they're finding when they tell stories that it creates this different kind of connection. And they're winning as a result. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. <clears throat> and I think in, in customer service too is you're listening to that person because a lot of times they're coming in and, and they're fired up. They they listen to the Rocky soundtrack before they called in and they're they're getting ready to to ring the bell. And sometimes you just need to show a little bit about who you are too and show them your personality as well instead of just being the, this robotic person and saying, yeah, that sucks. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Have a little empathy. And then show me who you are. Show me that your expression, your emotion as well, as long as it's within the parameters of, of that company, you don't want to change the values or the mission of that organization, but you can still have a little spark of, of David in that journey. So I, I appreciate that. How can my listeners find you? Uh, what's, what website yeah, yeah. do you got? Where can they connect with you on social? I've got lots of free resources that you can download, including a PDF of some of the cards that will start giving you some ideas, the stories you could be telling. My website is uh, storytellingleader.com, storytellingleader.com. Or if you want to send me an email directly, I can email some cards. I have another resource called the Story Canvas. It's this big visual framework for once you identify a story, build it on this canvas and then try telling it. And it's going to sound better because you built it on the canvas. I'll send that to you as well. My email is david at davidhutchins.com. And Hutchins is spelled with an E-N-S, not an I-N-S. david at davidhutchins.com or storytellingleader.com. Yep. So Hutchins is H-U-T-C-H-E-N-S. That's it. All right, uh, David, thank you so much for your time. Um, looking forward to digging into that storytelling uh, canvas and hope my listeners do as well and uh, wish that you nothing but success and looking forward to the storytelling that you will be sharing online and uh, just looking forward to staying in touch. I appreciate the great work you're doing, Nick. Thank you. This has been lovely. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.